0: Hello and welcome to episode 6 of this bonus series in conjunction with Tipperary Midwest Radio. In this episode, Steve O'Donnell and our own Francis Cockton look back on Emily's West and County Junior A football success of 2001. This is the West Awake podcast, West Tip Matters.
1: The West's awake, the West's
0: awake.
2: Another goal, and it's Eugene O'Neill who's got it. ...by Johnny Ryan.
0: He's one of the two Johnnies playing at midfield today. very precise and Brian Fox with Tiberi's first
2: Tip Midwest Radio Sport.
0: Tip Midwest Radio Sport, brought to you by Mr. Mr. Menswear Cashland Care. Open six days, 9am to 6pm. www.mrmister.ie Now 2001 was another fantastic year for Gaelic Games. Tipperary we were All-Ireland Senior Hurling Champions Tim Lever County, Junior A Football Champions and Francis Coughlan joins me on the line now. Frances, good morning to you. Too, no, Francis, we're going to concentrate this morning on Emily, the Black and Amber. They were crowned Junior A football champions. Their captain was David Burns.
1: Yeah, following Kenology was Moore's promotion to intermediate after the county title in the grade the previous year and Harvard Rovers' decision to drop to the Junior B rank, just four teams entered the CNC West Junior A football championship Emily, Rockwood Rovers, Rose Green, and Sadahead. The competition was played on a round robin basis with the top two teams contesting the final. Following the round robin, Emily and Rose Green contested the side at Sean Tracy Park on October the 13th. Two months previous, Rose Green had come out on top and sides from met in Bancha to book their place in the final against an already qualified Emily. Emily were contesting their fourth final in five seasons, while Rose Green were contesting their third in four seasons. Emily were looking for a second title in three, having defeated Rose Green the nineteen ninety nine decider. The latter without a title since nineteen ninety five. An impressive first half display was enough to earn Emily the C and C West Junior A football title. When they scored a four point win over Rose Green the Sean Tracy Parks brought the Nationalists. The opening quarter was well balanced. Stephen Burke opened the scoring for Emily, but Eddie Wilde soon had Rose Green level when he pined on a chance that might have yielded a goal. Tom Shetty free had Rose Green briefly ahead after 14 minutes, but the second quarter would belong to Emily. David Burns and Roger English got on top in midfield. They reeled off a succession of pints, but David Burns, Eddie Henley, John Leahy, Paul Kramer, Sean Hennessy and a Roger English pointed three. They led by nine pints to four at the break. A brief scuffle early in the second half saw Emily's Adrian Hennessy and Carl Burke, together with Rose Green's John Walsh shown red cards. Early in the half, Richard Burns, and the Emily goal, made a fine save from John Walsh. And that goal mount was to be seen as sustained pressure as the game progressed. Rose Green got on top of midfield with John O'Grady to the fore. The Rose Green forwards getting a good supply of ball, but failed to alert the possession to scores. Vinton Ryan, who come on as a slope, kicked two Rose Green points in the first half. His effort could have resulted in a green flag. Rose Green kicking 10 wide in that second half. Emily managed just one pint and a half, that from the boot with David Burns, but it was enough to see them came a nine-tight in the grade. David Burns, the winning captain, accepted a cup from Westport chairman James O'Donnell. Mid-champions, Upper Church and Band provided the opposition for Emily in the county semi-final on Sunday, January the 6th in Cashel. Upper Church and Band were off to a flyer with an on goal in the fourth minute, and this was quickly followed by a pint from Donald Carey. However, the mid would not score for another 22 minutes, at that stage, Emily were now seven points to the good. Two Eddie Hanley goals in the seven to nine minutes had Emily in the lead. He added on points from Stephen Burke, David Burns, Roger English and Donna Condon. Upper church said he the ship somewhat before the interval, with three-pointed threes from Brian Phelan to leave the halftime score 2-5 to 1-4. Emily were dealt a body blow in the resumption with sharp shooting forward Eddie Hanley having to leave the field with a leg injury. Both sides were trading points. When Sean Hennessy pointed for Emily, the feeling was that Upper Church and Bam would need a goal to get back into the game. In the 19th minute, Upper Church got their goal. When Parry Burke got onto a Jodie Brennan pass, the blast past Richie Burns and the Emily goal. The game had a dramatic finish. Upper Church reduced to 14 and Sean Parsley received a second yellow. They readjusted and almost stole the place in the decider, but Emily just managed to clear their line after a feeling free. Emily going through 2-9 to 2-7. Emily were back in the second county decider the there in three seasons and looking to go one better following their one-point defeat to Feather the last time out. They were back in Cashel on January the 20, 2002 to face Boris Lee. The north side, with the wind at their backs, were the quickest out of the blocks and P.J. Kylie pointed at the two minutes. Emily's midfield and forwards gradually started to knit together. Corner forward Eddie Hanley, the game's opening green flag, when he goal after a pass from Donald Condon. By the end of the first quarter, they led by a goal, 1-2 two to 2 points. The West champions were well in control, and Philip Maher and his full back line needed all their experience to stop the onslaught. Emily had a 2nd half for a goal in the 22nd minute, Sean Hennessy got one-on-one with the League keeper, but his effort went wide of the uprise. Emily led at the break, 1-3 to 2 points. Emily, with the wind at their backs, continued their relentless energy after the interval, and David Burns in particular made a memorable run from midfield, only to be denied by a good save from Canaan between the posts. Stephen Burke added Emily's second goal as Boris started to fade. Midway through the half, Emily had their third goal when David Burns used nice skill to draw the goalkeeper towards him before chipping it over his head into the net. Boris were not without goal chances and Richard Burns was forced into a good save. David Burns scored his second goal with 10 minutes to go to effectively seal the deal for Emily and ran out winners 4-5 to 4 pints. Seems of jubilation greeted referee Willie Barrett's final whistle as the large Emily crowd saluted their heroes at a sun-drenched Leahy Park. David Burns accepted a cup from football board chairman Michael Frawley as he ended a 34-year wait since their last county title in the grade in 1968.
0: Behind every good team comes a good tough manager. And before the season started, the Imley Club decided to go for a new manager. So they went local, and they got the local electrician, Seamus Walsh, to do the job. And the early signs suggested it was a very good appointment. In training and challenge matches, as part of their build-up to the Championship, it was obvious that Seamus had brought an extra spark to the team. And we soon saw a renewed energy in all the players. And shortly, we will hear from the man himself. But first, team captain David Burdens remembers a fantastic season
3: yeah great season as it turned out stevie i suppose we started in the west championship in a group round robin stage was emily rose green Salahhead and rockwell rovers we got two good wins early on against Salahhead and rockwell and in the third group stage then we were beaten by rose green who we met again in the west final so we had a good win in the west final anyway i think we were comfortable enough in the first half we two men sent off then in the second half and it was a dogged the affair then after that but we got through with four points in the end I think
0: and how did you manage when the two were sent off
3: yeah I think we were nine four up at half time we were well in control but we battled hard I suppose we fought hard enough with a few scrambles
0: at the end of it but we came through comfortable enough in the end and at no stage did you ever think obviously that you have enough done on the scoreboard to take you through you still had to dig deep
3: no, we had to dig deep and even that time, going back to a few years ourselves in Rose Green always had a lot of battles between us. And Rose Green had a strong team, they had two Walshs, John and James Walsh, Eddie Walsh, Trevor and Vinnie Downey, a lot of good players at the time.
0: They were two evenly matched teams.
3: Yeah, two evenly matched teams. They had beaten us earlier in, but I think we were missing a few in the group stage and we were already qualified. So we knew we'd have it all to do to beat them in the final. They had beaten us in the previous year, I think, as well, Stevie. And then you went on to the County Semi. We had a three-month gap between the County Semi and the West Finals. We started very slow, 1-1 to no score. Upper torch went ahead early on. But we came back into it and we rallied strong after that. Eddie Handy got two goals in in the first half. So we led at half time and I think we did a serious battle in the second half. We came out a two point win or something like that, but it was a real test for that day series, especially the after not playing a game in so long, it probably hindered us the slow start.
0: Two nine to two seven. As you said, Eddie Handy with the two goals. He's always good for the goals, isn't he?
3: Yeah, Eddie had a great season that year and he was always a great goal threat. He got two goals there, he got another one in the West final, very direct player, his goal was first thing in his mind. Eddie struggled a bit with injuries, so Shane had to use him wisely. He used Eddie for the first half and Jared Austin used coming in then for the second half.
0: Joe was always a nippy kind of a forward, wasn't he? Gerard was similar as well, he always goal first, he was a good forward as well. Yeah? Same kind of style. Yeah. Yeah, same style. Very clever footballer, yeah. Take me forward now to the county final.
3: Yeah, we qualified in for the county final. We met Boris Ali. First half was even enough. We probably missed a lot of opportunities. We were on top, but didn't put away a lot of opportunities. I think Eddie got a goal again in the first half, so we led by three or four points at half-time. But we weren't happy with the way we had played, even though we had been on top. But I suppose it opened up a bit in the second half, and we got a few goals and pulled away in the second half, so
0: I finished up four five to four pints, huge crowd once again in Cashel to celebrate which after the game.
3: Yeah, great crowd. Even looking back on it, we did a video Eddie Moroni was doing commentary, you know, you see former players and people who moved away and all came back, people from neighbouring parishes and all coming back. Great atmosphere there, C V and brilliant to win it now.
0: What was it like in the dressing room? Yeah,
3: you can only imagine, Stevie. Even personally, from a lot of lads I had played with from under 10 up. Myself, David Hennessy, Eddie Handley, Carol Burke, Adrian Hennessy, Gerard Dawson, Alan O'Brien, Richie Byrne. a lot of the same group I had come up with from under 10s so it was great satisfaction for us to win it yeah great atmosphere in the dressing rooms and after as you can only imagine
0: i'll just give you a break there for a second i'll go to your manager (coughs) now and that's
2: Seamus Walsh at the start of the season we were unsure ourselves we were after being beaten uh, two years previously in the um, county final by Feathert a very good team but kind of caught us out of the day a bit so i came in then as manager and was with me that was the full extent of our management team now training of course Stevie was an awful lot different then as there's now like all the technicalities of training nowadays but we basically the basic training we do the warm-up and the usual stuff but training is one thing but we were blessed with a very good squad now at this stage it's like David's team we call them that age group guys and then we had a flush of guys coming on behind them. The Donald Condons, as I call them, and Mickey Max and all them. that were there, Michael Bork, came on in the final. Previous to that, then we had two or three good stages, like Shane McManus, John O'Mara. Very strong guys. So we had a nice balance of team. And John O'Mara, county player as well. County player and Shane as well. And, uh, of course, David would be an important player up front for us to organise the forwards. So, like, we always had David above. The boys would play through him, to him. And off of him and everything, he kind of made them take up front. And that was the basis of our team, basically. But we had good defenders as well, very strong defence. In the final, now, Boris Lee was strong physically, and we're not. But we had a couple of our strong men stood up that day, Now, you know. Carol Burke and John O'Mara, very strong in defence, Dennis Healing, And came out very strong, and uh, it stood up to them. So we had to kind of take the full brunt of the physical, first of all, and then get down to playing the football after that. But as you say, at the start of the season... We were in a dual club like this. If hurling of football go on a long distance, you're kind of really suffering really because there's no one going to get strong. So I think that year the hurling was kind of over earlier and we were straight through, but we didn't realize then that we'd be playing the final in the end of October and we wouldn't be playing another match until January. But we got great support, and it was the one thing I thought that bonded the team training right through November, December, and into January, you know. So it kind of bonded the team, and we were very lucky as well. I'll always be grateful, like, Jerry Maguire came back from Latin with a team after Christmas, and we played a challenge match, and we went down to Padreshees in Cloughey, and We went down and played there, and they were two important matches before we missed Upper Church. You can imagine now for Latin to find the team, or any one of us, to find the team Christmas week, to come back for a challenge. If would be extraordinary now and it was a great old gesture and um, we'd always get on well there. but We'd have our battles in the field but we'd have great respect for one another as well and that stood up to us and then we were out playing Upper Church of course then which we knew were a good team
0: Upper Church were always going to present a major challenge
2: to you? Yeah, they were always going to because they're kind of a bigger, stronger jewel club as well. They've always played football up there and always strong in football and you had these young fellas, the shots and these guys were were there in that Pat and Owen, yeah they were very quick we knew we were up against it and we did struggle against them for long periods but we kept into it and we had a great escape of a ball off the line in the finish by Roger English and we went up the field and we got a point straight from it and it made all the difference but we had the guys to get the goals and that was the important they did score two goals in a game like that it was important now well it, as
0: I said to David he's always good for yeah. a goal isn't yeah. he
2: bit of a poacher times he was he's an intelligent player him now and David and you had Sean Hennessy forward these guys kind of have played together a bit and played a bit of everything together and they're watching one another and they know one another's moves that's what makes a difference in a good team they know what the next man is going to do and thing and the stuck and look at that same team what they're two years before and many a year before that and didn't win but you get lucky and your day comes but, like, I always have to go back to one thing, and that is that team, whether it was David Burns or Shane McManus, it started above the the school with Sean McManus, and then came on to juvenile people, Patsy Burns, Mary Condon, Mick Concannon, Mick Hennessy, you go up along the whole way, and then you bring on Tom Joe Merchant, myself, lots of people get into it. And you're lucky to be the manager on the day they win. But it takes a lot of people to put it all together in a small club, you know. So that was kind of the story of it. It was a team thing. It's not about me. It was not about Pashig or anything like that. It's bringing the whole picture together from day one. And they got a great bringing up in the game from Sean McManus. The structures were in place. The structure was in place. And if you get your early skills and get the love of the game, which is important. We've still fellas They're still hanging around here. Donald Condon, Michael Ring. Still playing 20 years later. There was no text messages. And there was no WhatsApp. They were here for training. Every one of them was unbelievable. Shane McManus and John were in Dublin. And we had this vision of them out in the Phoenix Park with a flash lamp down the ground and trying tried to kick a ball around the place. They told us they were anyway, Whether they were or not, we don't know. He
0: had great leaders. I think that a lot of those leaders, they drove you to win
2: that county final. Well, you just said it there. It wasn't about anyone, but we had a great middle spine. And at the time, we didn't look at them that way, but when you look back at that match now and you see Richie was an unbelievable goalkeeper. And there was competition around here for goalkeeper. Richie was unbelievable. He's a born and bred goalkeeper. Carroll had a great final. Strong man. Against Barcelona. you needed a strong full-back. John Amar, as who said, of course, like, had the experience of playing the top end. Roger was a huge influence in the middle of the field. Roger English. Stephen Shane there. Shane McMahon had a lot of experience playing intermediate, everything for Tiberi. Right up in Sean Hennessy, right up into the full forward line. We had the forwards. We had combination play in the forwards, you could see. You, you didn't have to go out and play X to Y to Z. They played together.
0: I think that they were a great forward line. Mm-hmm. Davis over to Donald Condon, yeah. Paul Kramer. Yeah. They were ball winners and score getters. Yeah.
2: They had the middle of the hurt from losing the final. A lot of them would have been there. And I was going to ask you that was that a big help? I'd say it was a help in hindsight because like at the time it was very disappointing. But that guy for feather. But if it was there, he was strong. He experienced like to that experience we had when we got to the final then the next time with fellas who had been there and we know what to do we had to stop these fellas running forward but in fairness now you know and i don't mean anything but a fantastic club but like we had the signs like you know they were not to kick it forward long ways and that's only going to be a 50 50 ball at best anyway you
0: spotted that from early on
2: yeah we did now we hadn't seen them playing because when borsali went to play in newcastle in the semi-final we said that's a foregone conclusion newcastle would be like ourselves, very similar team to us, small team but all football, and next team came back, Barcelona was after winning, so we didn't know what to expect from there then, you know, only like there was all the top of Well, uh, Were you confident then, chambers going into the final, are we optimistic? We wouldn't be full of confidence going in, because we didn't know what to expect, and there's always that doubt in your mind going in, what can happen here today, and like against the uh, upper church, they got a bit of a lead on us as well. And it was a bit of a worry for a while until we clawed them back. But Balsalli was different. I could see that as time would go on, they'd get tired and we'd open them up. And we did. David ran in two goals. I think Stephen Burke got a goal. And Eddie got the first goal. We missed scores as well, like everything is. But you must remember, we were playing in January. Cashel Field wasn't bad in the day. But like we walked with us sadly. And like, we still got enough of scores. And we were able to get the goals. like. We could have tapped over points, but we weren't able to get the goals on the day, you know.
0: We were just talking about leaders. You selected David Budden as your captain.
2: Why? Well, you see, we came in as a new group, and we were going to make a few changes anyway. So we were looking at this fella who had a bit of experience from inter-county and that kind of a thing. And the kind of Jack, the lad, of course, with the fellas as well. You know, like what they'd nearly do more for him than they do for me. They looked up to him as actually as a player, and they believed in him. And that's why you didn't really have to tell them what to do. He'd be telling them go out in the field, get it across the field, get it this way, get it that way. And pay and myself were very convinced we'd make Bonzi the captain, and off we go. Because we could get cheap training done as well then by having him as the captain. We could get down to train that team and things like that so it wasn't all it was fitted to madness it was to madness and they have a pub as well to would be very really handy as well for the captain to be the pub <laughs> he was the obvious choice a lot of other lads have been captains so obviously we give an awful
3: chance to the captain
2: Davis, how did you
3: feel? Yeah, it was a great honour to be selected, Stevie. I suppose I was a bit surprised. I was relatively young, 21 to be captain, and we had a lot of exceptional leaders in the team, a lot of very experienced players. So we mentioned, Roger, Shane McManus, John O'Mara, who had all played, County with Tipperary, then with Paul or Michael Ryan, Sean Hennessy. So a lot of experience in the team. So it was a great honour to be picked, a great responsibility, and I always liked a bit of extra responsibility, so delighted to be asked. And David
0: recalls once again how important it was the team that Jerry Maguire brought to play a minute challenge in preparation for the county semi-final.
3: Stevie, as you can imagine, it's very hard to get any challenges. We were from October to January without a game, so Seamus was very innovative between himself and Jerry Maguire. They got a team of All-Stars, as we call them, they came to play a challenge there in December. Anthony Cross and Damien O'Brien brought a few leads from Aerogue. Frankie Carroll came back from Gar Shammy Morrissey from Galbally, We went up to the pub with soup and all after, so it was great. Even from a bonding point of view, play those tech yeah. players it was definitely very beneficial to us at the time.
0: Shamus, a little bit earlier. David mentioned about the video of the match Eddie Maroney was the commentator
3: Yeah, Eddie was the commentator
2: of course the famous commentator at the time from the and Eddie video so we got McMahon's down I'd say John the Merchant was famous for all that and got Eddie to do the thing after the presentation and the presentation had a bit of a nice touch as well Mick Frally was football chairman and he presented the cup to David and that was a bit unusual as well um, Mick had been on the team previously in 1968 that won the county final that was a huge event as well so that was a long stretch without winning eddie of course went around the place and he spoke to and sundry that he could meet and got people to sing and and all that and it was very nice a nice touch to look back in it now and see the, the kids about only six and seven and now they're playing on the team you know it's lovely i'd say there was some crack and banter oh it was, it was unbelievable when we arrived back anyway we had of course a merchant's lorry and a piper down from Danglesborough blend. a small little thing was my own son was only about 10 and he was a kind of a water boy as well and John McGrath's son Patrick was a water boy as well and so it was nice to look back in the now to see that they were all involved in it as well and like I didn't realise it until we looked around after the final because you're totally taken up with the match and there was people there from Nakhon, Kilteley, Nakhon, Galbally everywhere Tracks yeah. them all don't it? It does because there was nothing else on probably in January they were all there and like you look on the stand in Cashel and at full you wouldn't tell you see it as a scene final now you know it's a huge thing for us It's 20 years gone but i hope we'll be back with some kind of a, an appearance at the top level again you know in this the 34 year famine in the 34 year famine we're 20 gone now so we, we need to get a bit of work on but there's work going on the whole time here and we're trying to keep our club up we're still fielding a team on our own which is good and we're trying to keep a team going you know and it's difficult in these days in that team that played in that county final you had nine people from three families three burks Two your two rinds and your two hennesses. A lot of the families kept it going then. The families kept it going. Three or four families there had more than a half a team. Nowadays you don't get that. You're looking to have one guy. So the families are smaller, of course. That was a big factor at that time. And of course, better again then when you have brothers on teams. Because they'll find one another. They'll be talking about that at home. Get me that ball, will you? You know, so that it's a good thing in a team. And Seamus
0: then went on to explain about the fantastic
2: facilities they have. Yeah, we've moved on, we've tried to keep the thing going, we have the all-weather put in there now, 100,000, and great sponsorship lot for it as well, and we're trying to keep things going in a small club, and I think really, and I'll say it straight out, I think the GA have a bit of an act to get right here about the situation in clubs. You see all these amalgamations going on, and they're in and out and up and down, and the amalgamations need to be organised geographically better, I think that can kind of make teams go back to bigger areas in their own area. We have a great relationship now with Sean Tracy's. We're going but it's a huge distance. Well, are well, going 50 minutes to drive from here to Kilcommon. Percy said you'll be at the roundabout in Cork. But like, we've learned hugely from Sean Tracy's, like in the Hurland area. They bring us on there. But it, geographically, it's difficult to get it right, to get it done. We won't meet as often or anything. So maybe in the future, they might sit down and see could reorganise it geographically, that it can be organised better. It's not good the way it is.
0: Just going back to when you won the county, you would have been qualified for the Ireland Junior Sevens above in Templeogue and Dublin. You got to the semi-finals of it?
2: Yeah, we went up there and uh, a great Saturday above and to see all the different pitches. Seven signed was unknown to us and we were right in London as we went to London. But we had a couple of skillful players. We were very useful Sevens players. We scraped through to a semi-final and we went on afterwards and we were a very competitive team for a good number of years. Afterwards, great success in Jonah Hurling and we competed very well in intermediate football and we are where we are.
0: David, in the All-Ireland Sevens, it's all about speed, isn't it?
3: Yeah, it's all about speed, Stevie. It's um, a brilliant experience and you're representing Tipperary with your club, which you don't get too many opportunities to do. It suited us as well. well with a lot of younger players that went up and we'd experienced in the likes of Roger and Shane as well with we us. So, great running it. We're beaten in the semi-final. Clubs need good sponsors, as David now explains once again. Oh, it's vital, Stevie, in the running of a small club. At the time of the 2001, Burns' Tavern, you sponsored the football and the Golden Tatch to the hurling, so we got great sponsorship with them for years. O'Donnell Engineering have come in in the last few years as well with sponsorship of jerseys. I'm currently secretary with the Juvenile Club, and we've got great support with jerseys for under 6s, 8s, 10s and 12s over the last few years as well. And Timmy hartigan Plaster and O'Brien Ironworks have done under 6s and 8s. Murray from Ara Veterinary in Tipperary Town did a set of under 10 jerseys for us last year. And Ali and Helena Cahill from Devera did a set of under 12, 14 jerseys for us as well. So it's brilliant. To- They're fantastic. Oh, brilliant, Steve. You wouldn't be able to run it without.
0: Seamus sponsors. It's great to have them
3: yeah
2: sponsors are vitally important and this all-weather thing there was a huge sponsorship looked for and we got it where we sold a square yard of it and we got in a lot of money out of that families wanted their names associated with it 50 euros and they get a square yard of it it be on the plaque of course the usuals are still there the county board draw how is that going for you well a bit of a struggle we stay around the usual numbers all the time and david hennessy now is previous James Ryan. We keep at it and we get people into it. And we have a lottery as well that goes on every Tuesday night and we have a very dedicated group to that. who go to that every week. Johnny Martin is involved in that. And Paz Sheehy as well, the chairman of the club is involved in that as well. We're very lucky with our officers. Paz Sheehy, chairman now, and you have Michael Ring, secretary, and Donald Condon treasurer we bring in accountants only for our treasurer so we were very lucky the last few of them Eddie Hanley was treasurer before that so we we're very lucky with the lads It's a very strong expertise. top table isn't it's it? It is a very strong top table and um, we turn them over fairly often as well we keep looking for new people to take over and we get them eventually it's I think that's a good
0: thing James not to have the one person expecting him or her to do the same yeah. job for eight or ten years no. or more
2: Look at people's time is different now it's not just all about the job. they have other interests and they want to get out, and fellas will come in and out and do it, but there's a good bunch of lads there, we'll have officers, you know, and uh, we'll be able to keep the show on the road, alright, no fear of that.
0: David, how important is it to have the fantastic
3: walkway around the pitch? Yeah, the walkway has been a major asset stevie there's a challenge going on at the minute actually with irish life with the ga as well and we've about 80 locals using it so they're all using the walkway and getting in their mileage there but it's been a massive boost to the community and it's well lit up and people are now off the order onto the field it's brilliant especially this time of year and you'd see any evening you come down the lights are on have six to ten i think and it's safe and it's a major boost to the community
2: and we'd like to thank Deep Ready Midwest Radio for keeping all the reports going on and uh, to hear what's going on and they're doing great work and something that has to be supported as well. Thank you for coming out and doing this. We're delighted to do it. Yeah. It's an absolute pleasure. David, thanks again for joining us this morning.
3: No problem, Stevie. Thanks very much for coming. In.
2: And Seamus, thank you for having me. It was great to be here to tell you all of our great success. Mm-hmm.
0: Well, that's all we have time for this week, folks. Thanks again to Stevie and Francis and also Tipperary Midwest Radio for the use of the audio. Huge thanks again to Seamus Walsh and David Barnes of Emily for their contributions, and we wish Emily all the best in 2021. In the next episode, we'll have a look back on Naughty Ross Moore's historic Dan Breen success in 1989. Until next time, Tipper Dornaboo.